0: Welcome to Facilitating Extraordinary Podcasts. This is Travis. I'm joined today for this episode by none other than Mr. Thomas West. Tom,
1: welp- welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Travis. Excited to be hanging out with you guys and getting to continue this conversation. Uh, excited to see that you guys are launched and that you're producing episodes and just thankful to be a, a guest on one of those episodes.
0: Yeah, well, we're always glad to have you, Tom, and thanks again for helping us get kicked off with our first episode. But um, today, um, wanted to say first congratulations for being selected as a 2020 um, National Baldridge Examiner. That's a big deal, Tom. Um, so congratulations on that. And that's really the focus of this episode is on um, you know becoming a National Baldridge Examiner. What's that meant to you? Um, what does that mean to organizations and um, how could others maybe learn more about this in the future? So um, Tom, what, what has it, this is your second year, correct? At the national level.
1: And I've been doing the regional program. So, cause Live in Indianapolis. Our regional program is the Partnership for Excellence, which includes Indiana, Ohio, and West Virginia. So that's our regional program, and I've been involved there three times as an examiner. I took last year off with starting my own business. I didn't do the regional program, but um, you know, I've always enjoyed that working with that group of people and getting to. You know, volunteer here in the Midwest and get to help those organizations get better. So, been been included in the program now for quite a while, and uh, I foresee that I'll be doing it for even longer. So, three years at kind of the local
0: level, and then two years at the national level. What what do you learn as an examiner, and what
1: why um, why why do you keep coming back? <laughs> Yeah, I I would say that it's probably different for every examiner, the reason that they come back. And for me, you know, it's been a variety of different reasons. The, you know, professional development that occurs as part of being an examiner is great. You immerse yourself in the Baldridge criteria, which I think now are being more stated as the framework. It's not like a checkup check the box or these prescriptive things every organization must do. So they're more like guidelines or a framework that they want to see organizations be able to respond to. And as you start this journey, you know, it's a lot of information. The framework is pretty inclusive. It's ever evolving. It's always trying to include best practice and it's always trying to anticipate where things are going. So as an examiner, you get intimately engaged in, what these questions mean and why they're important. And, you know, just just immersing yourself in that handbook and studying these questions and getting to practice, you know, what, what good looks like when an organization responds to these questions is just something that really advances your thinking around what's possible and what good organizations look like and what better organizations look like and what the best organizations in the world look like so I think it just broadened your your mindset it's definitely something that moves you from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset is that, hey these questions are important to answer and there's no one right way to answer it but there's a lot of ways to do this and you know organizations just have to accept that you know the the way to be able to respond to these questions is to start doing something and just learn as you go versus you know it's got to be this and this is the only way there's just so many different ways that an organization can respond to these questions. So I, I you know, through this program, I, I love that I get immersed in the questions. I love that I get to see a lot of different ways people are responding to these questions. And it's always cool that not every organization's responding the same way. I mean, you'll see some overlap and you'll see some themes from organization to organization of, you know, using Hoshan Conry or a catchball process to you know design your strategy and deploy your strategies you know sometimes you'll see organizations doing those things but other times you're going to see organizations that are completely different and so just seeing those things there's huge growth and development that happens and then the people that you work alongside and the people you meet along this journey they're out there they're volunteering their time too and they're just amped up and they're super passionate about this stuff. So it's a great group of individuals to know. And year after year, as you go, I mean, you're welcomed in as a family and everyone's there, you know, in the spirit of improvement. And it's kind of like a nerd fest. So that's another reason I love it is these people, they're a lot of fun to be around and they're you're, you know, there's thought leaders in the room. There's people who have achieved great things. Um, but they're there even if they've done it 20 times, they're still there and they're learning new things and they're sharing what those new things are and they're encouraging you to continue to learn new things. So it's just a great, great community of people.
0: Yeah, that you, you covered a lot there. I think, um, one of the things that you touched on that jumped out at me is, you know, the framework is just a set of really, really good questions. And, You know, this will be my third year, actually fourth year going through at the national level. And I think that, um, to your point, every year I go back uh, and you get grounded in these really good questions, it's probably the best leadership development that I've ever been through. Um, and, you know, Jan, when Jan goes out to national training, she's um, considered a master examiner and (laughs) that, you know, Jan's been doing this stuff for 32 years and she tells me and like she's told you before that um, she learns every year she goes back. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's pretty special and um, keeping in mind that all of these examiners are volunteers and they're all united trying to help applicants be the best versions of themselves from an organizational perspective and one of the kind of byproducts as an examiner is we continue our growth and development. There's a lot to like about, you know, the program from the applicant perspective and the examiner uh, perspective. So I think you covered a lot there, Tom, with, with your response to kind of, you know, what's your, why. Um, and it is a little bit of a nerd fest too, right? I mean, <laughs> you it, know, it is. like-minded people. Um, so you know, this year, if you were to give advice to someone that was considering maybe getting engaged in, in Baldridge, you know, I think the traditional path is get engaged in your, you know, your regional uh, performance excellence, you know, platform and then consider national. But what, what would you say to people that are maybe like listening to this podcast and say, you know what, that sounds interesting, either from the examiner perspective or applicant perspective? What advice would you give people to where did where do they jump off?
1: So let's start with the applicant. There's a lot of avenues that they can take uh, as an organization, and there's you know the the Baldridge uh, criteria for excellence is one program, and you know an organization can do kind of like a, a light version of that. You know they could write an org profile and they could go through and they can just submit to, uh, or try to respond to the uh, basic questions of the framework, which are the high level, do you have a process for this activity? So tell me about your strategic planning process. And, you know, so these questions, they're a lighter t- touch, they're more overarching, and they're a great starter set of questions for organizations who are curious about this stuff to get going. And then there's the more evolved 50-page application, which are those who are trying to respond to the entire framework, so not just the, the the basic and beyond that, but the overall and the multiple requirements. So these words may confuse someone if they've not been an examiner, uh, and it's just diving deeper and deeper on a certain topic. So you could take strategic planning, for example, you know, at the basic they're going to be asking, you know, do you do strategic planning? And then beyond that, they're going to ask, you know, how do you ensure that there is feedback as part of this? Or how are you including customers and workforce members as part of this process? And they go deeper and deeper and deeper uh, on the topic of strategic planning. And that's them progressing from a basic to an overall to a multiple. Or I might have it backwards. Maybe it's the overall And then the basic and the multiple, I can't remember, but the questions get more advanced and more challenging to answer as they progress from that hierarchy of basic to the overall to the multiple. So organizations, you know, if they want to get started, if they have been on a journey and they've got a lot of things in place, you know, you don't have to start just by doing you know, Baldridge Light and only responding to those over, those overall questions or basic questions. You can do the full 50-page application. So there's a lot of options for organizations to get involved. And then outside of that, there's um, not just the, the Baldridge journey, but there's Communities of Excellence, which is a new program. It's kind of interesting. It's how do you apply the framework to a self-defined community of people and they have a couple of pilot sites that are going through this. They're, you know, counties and cities and small towns that are coming together and trying to you know, measure outcomes at the community level. So that that program's really cool and it's really new. So as an examiner, the opposite side of, of those things, you can, you know, help to support organizations that are doing those activities you can as an examiner you can come in and you can support those that are just doing baltridge light you know not doing the full 50 page application but i think it's like a 15 page application or something much more abbreviated a lot less resource intensive and if you do that you know you will get feedback you may not get a site visit but you you as an organization you'll get feedback so examiners can volunteer their time that way, they can volunteer their time to read a full 50 page application and give feedback. If you do that at the regional level, um, as you give feedback, you will be going on site and you will do the site visit. If you're doing that at the national level, you know, you're going to review the full application, you're going to give written feedback, but not every organization that applies at the national level gets a site visit. So at the regional level, I loved it because I thought that was where everything came together. Was once you went and you hosted the site visit, yep. and then as an examiner, you also you can volunteer and you can get involved in the communities of excellence. So there's probably, and then, uh, I don't I don't want to forget that there's that um, B. Do you know the acronym? It's like BETA. It's like the Baldridge Fellow kind of thing. So I know they do one for executive leaders, and it's a more evolved leadership fellowship. But then they have people who come and only do the training, but don't do the application examination. And I forget what the acronym is. But last year, while we were out in DC, we met a handful of people that were just doing the training to see if this was something that filled their cup. Yeah,
0: if, you know, if people are interested in that, Tom, it's like the examiner training experience. Um, So um, there's options now for people that may not either qualify to be a national examiner or want to get deeper knowledge around the framework, they can sit in on, you know, examiner training, go through the same type of learning and development around, you know, the questions, the criteria. They learn the process of independent review, consensus review, scoring of an applicant, site visit. So they learn the entire process, but they are not at the end of that experience. They're not you know, provided a national applicant, but they go through all those same steps. So um, if you're interested, the NIST website has um, all of that cataloged really well. They've got, um, Tom, to your point, they've got that leadership development now. They've got the examiner training. They got info on becoming an examiner. If you're on the organization side, there's um, the Baldridge Excellence Builder and some of the other tools out there for organizations that are just you know, what does this even mean or what could it mean for our organization? And the thing that, you know, I love about the framework is organizations and examiners can follow these questions and get really good results without ever deciding to apply at a national level. So I think some of the, you know, misconceptions about um, you know, the performance excellence framework is that this is always and only about an award when in fact, um, I think you and I both know several organizations that have decided to embrace this framework and may never decide to apply at the national level. And there's still great value in this, um, you know, for the, for the organization, for the applicant, for um, the examiners.
1: What, wouldn't you agree? I, I do know of quite a few organizations that apply the criteria internally and do self evals. And that, that's one avenue. And then the other avenue of course is to enroll and go through the Baldrige program and have a team come on site. And they're, they're good. They're both good for different reasons. I think the one when you have external people come in, it legitimizes the journey. It creates a lot of, positive energy and excitement and you know it's outside eyes that come in and giving you advice on how you can go from where you are to what that next level step might be and you know it's other than you know the effort you took to prepare for the site visit to prepare your application there's not much cost to it and the advice is pretty sound so organizations you know, I would encourage them to to see that as value because, you know, where I am in my career now and when even when we were working internally in a health system, we were relying on external consultants. And we know that those external consultants, yeah, they have expertise, but sometimes they don't have the answer uh in their cost to to engage are pretty high. So from this the Baldridge program, it's not, it's it's, you know, pretty reasonably priced. It's your own energy and resources invested to get the thing going and to keep it going. And you don't have to have those huge sticker, you know, consulting fees to get really good advice to get better.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point And well stated, Tom. Um, you know, this year we're recording this right in the middle of, um, an international pandemic. So, you know, COVID-19, the coronavirus. Um, in fact, shortly after you received your notification, you were also notified that the training this year would be virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, you know, what are your thoughts around the virtual training and have you thought much about how are you gonna, you know, stay engaged because the, the training and prep work um,
1: is still pretty heavy. Um, so where, where are you with that, Tom? <laughs> So I I think because I'm a seasoned examiner, you know, I'm not having much anxiety about it because um, I've done it a handful of times and I know how to, you know, do good time management and how to create kind of like small bite-sized modules of homework and uh, activities to, you know, not burn myself out along the way. And I think when you are preparing to go on site and do this in person, you know, there's that that deadline looming. And I think when you move to virtual, like these deadlines seem a little more flexible. Um, but I think we have to as a cohort, you know, apply the rigor that we would have applied had we been going on site on a certain date. And you know, from that date backtrack and write for us, you know, intermittent deliverables of, hey, I'm gonna, you know, do and even even the small little things of going in and completing your um, bio has an examiner uh, completing your acceptance has an examiner like give yourself due dates for those things and use a tool that allows you to keep track of what you're working on and how you're progressing towards your end goal so you know I've never really used that in preparation for training, but I've always used tools like that as I prepared to complete my independent review and as I prepared to go to consensus building and as I prepared to go on site, you know, those things were as much as possible organized and on a checklist and with clear due dates and I would kind of tailor it and kind of make sure that I wasn't drinking from a fire hose but I was doing this work in like little mini sprints and I I would advise individuals to plot that course and do the work in a reasonable way instead of you know delaying it procrastinating really easy easy to do I get it Um, but if you do that you know you're going to try to cram it all in over a weekend and it's just not going to stick so I, I've I've found that if you can space it out, if you can work at it at a reasonable pace and um not burn yourself out, you're gonna enjoy this experience. So as I prepare to do this all virtually, I'm gonna pull out some of those tools that I've used in the past to create a project plan and just step this thing out and and you know try to give myself small intermittent check steps to to be able to make the progress that needs to be made along the way. That, that's really good advice, Tom. And,
0: you know, part of this volunteer effort, they say, you know, consider eight, 80 to 100 hours of volunteer work to get through this entire process. So this isn't, um, this isn't something you could wait to do on a weekend. And let no. it, <laughs> I think it would be impossible. You know, I think one of the silver linings with some of this pandemic um, is that, we are experimenting a little bit more with some of these virtual technologies. And I know um, the Baldridge program well enough now that um, I have complete faith that whatever they produce from a virtual kind of aspect of the training is gonna be equally, if not maybe better in some ways for new examiners and returning examiners and master examiners. So I'm looking forward to going through that too. But your, your advice on uh, time management is so true throughout this entire process that, mm-hmm. you know, to get through this, to really, this is all about the applicant, how you give them the best feedback, where they are on their journey. Um, and people take it really seriously. And I think that that's, um, that'll be the case this year, just in a different kind of median So um, Tom, thanks again for coming on to the Facilitating Extraordinary Podcast. I have a feeling that you're going to be a common voice on this podcast for us, and um, congratulations on being selected as the National Examiner. Um, any final remarks before, yeah, we, before we wrap I would, this
1: one? <laughs> yeah, the one piece that I was talking about early on was the thing I enjoyed was that meeting of other people. And I think as the program moves to this virtual world, you know, part of that, of being on site is you got to meet so many different people and, and create relationships with them and follow follow their activities. So, you, you know, either the, their activities on Twitter or on LinkedIn. So I know when we went, our whole cohort, you know, had a check the box, do you want your information released? To the other members of this cohort, so that they can look you up and add you as a social media contact. I hope that they do that again because I, seeing the people who you're you're working alongside and getting to look at their profiles on LinkedIn or whatever social media platform that they they are on, you feel like you get to know them. So I hope that as they prepare for this virtual thing, that they bring that back and allow us to get to know each other outside of being an examiner because that's a, that was a lot of fun when you go out to dc you're having dinner with these people and grab lunch with them and a little bit of the conversations about baldridge but otherwise the conversations about what they do for work and you know their family and wherever they might be traveling so that you know i hope that there's a way that that can still happen with us moving virtual
0: well, I think you know. In some ways, Tom, you might have started the conversation through this episode, um, given you know, given the training hasn't started. So, if you're an examiner or know an examiner that um, is interested in connecting either virtually or um, through social media, I think I know you well enough, Tom. You're always open to those discussions, and we can organize something uh, virtually. And I know we've done that recently with some of these virtual hangouts and these virtual gathering spots. So I, I think that um, if you're interested in making those connections to Tom or I or anyone on our teams, um, I think that's a an open invite for sure, because that is something, um, building those relationships that happen in D.C., mm-hmm. you know, it's important. So um, if there's a way that we can continue to do that virtually, let's do it. You know, let's make it happen. So. Tom, well, thanks again. I know um, we'll stay in touch, but um, thanks again for being on facilitating, extraordinary, and sharing a little bit about your Baldridge experience.
1: Jeff, yep, thank you, Lozier, and congratulations to you and Jan and Tammy and Mark and I mean, there's so many people that we know have got the letter that they're they've been selected. So it's you know, we could probably have spent the whole episode just acknowledging the people we've met on this journey and know that they're you know, preparing and that they're going to show up and they're going to do great work. So to all those people, congratulations also.
0: And it's probably a good thing. We're not all out in DC together anyway.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, on that note, we'll, we'll call this a wrap and thanks again, Tom.
1: Yep. Thank you, Travis. Have a great one. Thanks.